Later tonight on ITV2 Awful for Words, it's the 4,000th edition of You've Fallen Over, featuring the most hilarious and, in some cases, fatal accidents to be filmed by the public for 250 quid a pop. Well, it beats spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on allegedly professional entertainers. But first... It's the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. Good afternoon and welcome to Through the Keyhole, as they used to say on the television when I was unemployed. On this week's gluten-free edition of the Nothing To Do With Anything show, we've a recently rediscovered recording of Barry Manilow performing for an audience of hyenas. We also have a recording that hasn't been discovered yet of Gladys Knight and the Pips being frightened by an owl. And much later, we have a recording that someone did their very best to hide in a place where it would never be found of Ella Fitzgerald sawing her way through the Eiffel Tower. I love Paris in the Is it live, or is it Memorex? Or is it one of the greatest singers in history sawing through an iconic Parisian monument? The answer is no, no, and yes, and in that order. Which leads me rather nicely onto today's brain teaser. James has a number of fuses. Even though he knows that each fuse can only burn for precisely one hour, they are unlikely to burn at a constant speed. So the first half of the fuse might take just 10 minutes to burn, while the rest takes another 50 minutes to fizzle out completely. James wants to use one of these fuses to remind him that he must leave for an appointment in exactly three quarters of an hour's time. Why doesn't he use a stopwatch? And don't worry if you can't wait until next week's show, because you can find the answer printed upside down at the bottom of the page. The continuing adventures of Basil the Cylinder. Far away, in the not especially magical land of completely weird on sea, Basil the Cylinder was having a lovely little chat with local policeman and part-time Bobby, PC Rhomboids. 
And that is why camels never travel in spaceships. Gosh, I didn't know that, said Basil. Who butted in there? Asked PC Rhomboids. It's that irritating narrator again, replied Basil without good reason. I do wish he'd go away. Do your own narration then, said the narrator rather petulantly. I never understood this serial in the first place. Hmm. Slamming the studio door without due care and attention. I'd better make a note of that. Gosh, PC rhomboids, do you always write with a saw? To be honest, I couldn't find the right sound effect. My friend Simon the Sound Effects Man might be able to help you there. Here he comes now. Hello, Basil. What sound effects do you need today? PC Rhomboids needs to write something in his notebook. Do you have an appropriate sound? Of course. I've got just the thing. Lovely. Let's go from line 32. Right. Hmm. Slamming a studio door without due care and attention. I'd better make a note of that. Oh, for f- Oh, that's right. We have to do our own narration now, don't we? Um. But before Simon the Sound Effects Man could apologise, PC Rhomboids hit him three times with his truncheon. Greetings, young Master Rhomboids. I am the genie of the magic truncheon. I appear whenever you hit someone three times. Said the genie, who was clearly not aware of PC Rhomboids' dubious stop and search history. I can grant you one wish, young Master Rhomboids, and in that order. Just the one? Great so. Orders from the Home Secretary. Austerity measures in it. Well, in that case, I wish there was no more crime here in our village forever and ever. Your wish is my command. And that's how Completely Weird on Sea became the safest little village there ever was, with an unprecedented clean-up rate of 110%. And everyone lived happily ever after. Except for PC Rhomboids, who was made redundant. We didn't think that through, did I? Now, with the time just coming up to Gas Mark 4, I'm proud to present a very special feature that I've been working on for quite some time, I can tell you. Hello there, John. How the devlington are you? It's lovely to be back on your... What would one call it in polite company? Your... Show, I suppose. Well, don't just sit there, John. Introduce me, and don't spare the horses. That's my new play, you know. Don't Spare the Horses by Alan Acrid, playing all this week at the... <coughs> Theatre Croydon. Admission, three. Three what? I don't know. I didn't finish reading the programme. Now, for goodness sake, John, tell the listeners who I am before the xylophones get you. That's my best friend Binky used to say. Do you know Binky? Never heard of him. You don't know Binky? Oh, he's a wonderful chap. Very courageous. Had both his legs shot off. During the war? No, while filming an episode of EastEnders. 
Never did work out what happened there. Now then, where was I? And where am I? You were asking me to introduce you. Ah, yes. Far be it from me, Greg Haste, actor, writer, and all-round park keeper to introduce myself. That could never be. No, John, you go ahead and may all the cabbages in our fair kingdom blossom forth both today and every day, weather permitting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are only too aware that with us right now is the actor, writer, and all-round... Don't let me stop you, John, but there's a little something I'd like to do for your listeners. Nothing too over-the-top, dear boy, but one feels one must strike while the iron is hot. Cue the music! Once again, for What's On in Leighton Buzzard, the part of the show that has made more people move out of Leighton Buzzard than any other. Some of you may be wondering why a donkey could be heard during the introduction there. So am I. On Monday, the Leighton Buzzard Misanthropy Club will be holding one of their highly unpopular anti-social evenings in a cold, dark shed by the rubbish tip. Tickets aren't available anywhere, so do remember not to turn up. On Tuesday, it's the Leighton Buzzard Senior Citizens Club's quarterly tea dance and cage fighting night. A well-run evening of old-fashioned Terpsichorean entertainment and wanton violence. Tickets are priced just £3.20 per person, which includes the use of an ambulance. And there will be a short interval for refreshments, oxygen and first aid. On Wednesday in the Memorial Hall, local professor Donald McDint will be giving a talk entitled Things That Nobody Is Remotely Interested In, based on his highly unsuccessful book. He's promised to make the talk as short as possible, and if he gets enough requests, he might be persuaded to cancel it altogether. If anyone is thinking of going along, they are advised to bring as much alcohol as they possibly can. Fribs Day sees the opening ceremony of the 2015 Leighton Buzzard Weird Sports Championships, which has become a traditional fixture in the sporting calendar for fans from both sides of the high street. This year's event lasts way too long and includes two new disciplines, rice counting and biscuit identifying, alongside more established but no less peculiar sports such as cagoule exploding. Here's an excerpt from last year's coverage on Sky Sports. Your commentator is probably in need of therapy by now. Well, the number of spectators here today is absolutely extraordinary, especially when you consider we're in the scout hut. Luckily, nobody had to be turned away as Mrs Wilberforce of the WI found a few spare chairs in the basement. Rain stopped play for a short while earlier on, but I'm happy to say the hole in the ceiling was repaired during the lunch break and we're now ready to resume with the 2014 Leighton Buzzard Kagool exploding final. And here are today's finalists. 
in the fruit corner, Dan Pearson, reigning world champion and winner of this event for the last three years. Before last year's victory, of course, he'd won twice, and the year before, just the once. The 23-year-old is a fishmonger and gel ignite expert by trade, but really knows how to destroy a lightweight weatherproof garment, and no mistake. And facing Dan in the Alexis corner is his challenger, Mrs. Elsie Yerkton. Elsie started her sporting career as a poncho perforator back in the mid-70s, but now she's really come into her own in terms of cagoule combustion. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, you know, it's terrific to see more ladies taking up the sport in general, Clive. Pearson and Yerkton then shake hands as they step onto the podium and a hush descends upon the hall. It's so quiet, you can hear a grenade pin drop. Yes, uh, an M67 fragmentation grenade, in fact, very nicely utilised by Dan. The first Kagul completely obliterated there. No, wait, no, it's been disallowed. The umpire says it was a Pac-A-Mac. What do you make of that, Harry? Well, it's a disaster, whichever way you look at it, Clive. But an easy mistake to make, particularly in this light. Not a good opening discharge from Dan, then. Can Elsie take advantage and go into an early lead? Goodness me, what a tremendous coating detonation. Elsie Yerkton has blown the contest wide open with a simple TNT-based explosive charge. I didn't see that one coming, did you, Harry? Not at all, Clive. She's on her way to victory now, for sure. Poetry in motion from Elsie. Just 12 months after she was disqualified in the semi-finals for accidentally blowing up one of the judges. It's happened again! What rotten luck! This could be curtains for Elsie. It certainly is for the judge. Wouldn't you say so, Harry? Yeah, you know, with this extreme level of neurological damage, you'll only be fit for the Premier League from now on. And there goes the final whistle. Yes, there it goes. Running out of the hall, along with the remaining judges. What do you make of that, Harry? Oh, he's gone home as well. Never mind, we'll uh, try to bring you the final scores after these messages from our sponsors. It's crunchy. No, it's not. It's chewy. Oh, hold on. No, no, it's, it's crunchy. No, no, it's, it's definitely chewy. Oh, wait, no, it's crunchy. Cadbury C4 plastic explosives. They blow up your mouth and your hands. Are you tired? Miserable? Depressed? Feel like you've had enough? Then why not take up the xylophone? The xylophone is easy to play if you've had at least 500 lessons and has a much more wooden tone than other instruments we could mention. One of the most versatile instruments currently available, it can create a wide range of moods, from romantic... To sinister. Not to mention romantically sinister.
The xylophone also benefits from being extremely portable, which means that it could be played in any number of locations, from the Arctic to the Houses of Parliament. This has been a government of the few, for the few. It's time for a better plan. It's time for a Labour government. Well, you've seen it all. Order. And everywhere in between, except Catford. Here's what one customer said after we gave him a ton of money in a brown envelope. Since learning to play the xylophone, I've become much happier with my own company, which is just as well, as everyone else now avoids me like the plague. Yes, impress your friends while you still have some. Learn the xylophone today. Order in the next two seconds and we'll send you a matching pair of acrylic mallets absolutely free. Acrylic mallets offer no longer valid. Hey, this is uh, Christopher Walken, and you're listening to John Dredge. Wow, he's crazy. And I'll tell you, you'd better keep listening if you don't want my foot in your throat. You're listening to the Nothing to Do with Anything show, where it's time for one of our most popular features. A knock on the door. Yes, man. Evening, Squire. Sorry to trouble you while you're talking to the audience and all that, but I hear you're having trouble with your boiler. No. You are now. Well, yes, you just broke it. Might as well have a look at it while I'm here, then. Oh, dear, this is going to cost you a fair bit. That doesn't sound fair. It's not my fault I'm on a special random rate, is it? Oh, no, wait, it is. Yes, then there's the discretionary exorbitance fee, of course, plus several other expenses I've just made up. I should be able to fix it as long as I use me three-ply gangly wrench. Might take a while, though. Why? I left it in Egypt when I was on holiday. You ever thought of going to Egypt, Gov? No. Shame you could have picked it up and saved me the trip. Oh, well, see you in a couple of weeks. Cheerio! Welcome again to Where Are We Meant To Be Now, the part of the programme where we visit some of Britain's lesser-known areas and chat to some of the local inbreds. I do beg your pardon. Can I have a glass of water? That's better. This week we've come to the charming little market town of Ashton-under... and we're delighted to have with us town crier Derek Dolak. Oh, yay! Oh, yay! Tell me, Derek, how long have you held that esteemed position? Ever since I moved from Scar up from the neighbouring village. And what do you like most about the town? Well, there's just so much to exterminate. I mean, so much to see. I must say you rather remind me of someone. Well, I am well known locally. Your telescopic manipulator arm in particular looks familiar. What? This little thing? Yes. It's just there for show, John. Just there for show! You've just exterminated a tree. Oh dear. Back to the anger management classes. Let's see if we can talk to someone slightly less exterminatory. Yes, here comes... That's funny. He looks a bit like... Hello, 
Georgian. Oh no. Yes, it's me, David Lynch, avant-garde film director, poet, and wigwam consultant to the landed gentry, or something of that sort. What are you doing here? I find the atmosphere extremely conducive to filmmaking, weather forecasting, and finding out what words like conducive mean. I'm currently making a 10-hour film about that tree that's just been exterminated. Do you want to see it? No. Strange. Neither does anyone else. That may be because they're all looking forward to seeing the return of your Twin Peaks. Well, they're going to have a long wait, as I'm no longer using the hormone replacement therapy that gave me those side effects. Seeing as you're here, and you always seem to be, what's the long-range weather forecast for Ashton under... Well, there will be a fall of sideboards, tables and chairs throughout the day. That's due to an earlier explosion at a furniture store. A blizzard is also due to cut through large swathes of the town this afternoon, so do avoid all large swathes if you can. Snow will begin to fall overnight, but the onset of warmer weather early tomorrow morning will result in warmer snow. Apart from that, it'll be quite a hairy day, with dandruff developing later and patches of baldness in some areas. Good. Well, that's all for now, but don't forget to join us next week when we'll be visiting the quiet village of... On Sea. Narden, in our regular Spot the Spatula competition earlier in the show, we asked where you thought we'd hidden it. And I believe we have a winner on line one, John from Liverpool. Hello, John. Hello? Hello, John. On tonight's programme, sessions from the fall, the hobbledehoys, circumference, linodium, the lower echelons, lone clapper conspiracy, home pride broadside, psychic elmtree, what's the matterhorn, odious fruit, the Warren Commission, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednegoat, blunt force trauma, twisted biscuit... John, John, I believe you called to have a go at answering the quiz. <laughs> Sorry, John, yes, I forgot myself for a moment there, whoever I am. So, where do you think the spatula was? Was it in the Ottoman? Which Ottoman? The one in the guest room. Whose guest room? Ivor Cutler's guest room? No. New Order's guest room? No. Napalm Death's guest room? No. The Pixies' guest room? No. Mud Honeys? No. The Primates? No. Limp Handshakes? No. The Mumps? No. Jackdaw with Crowbar? No. Cooking Addict? Feeble Weeble? Michael Sorry, what was that last one? Feeble Weeble. Feeble Weeble's guest is the correct answer. Well done, John. You've won this wonderful Spot the Spatula checkbook and pen, along with a genuine replica of a spatula and a replica of the replica of a spatula. Would you like to say hello to anyone before you go? Yes, I'd like to say hello to Vera, Terry, Malcolm, Len, Timmy, John Dredge, Richard Cray, Greg Haste, Anna Emerson, Will Franken, James Shakeshaft, Miles Eady, Max Dowler, Anil Desai, Mark Hibbert, Simon the Sound Effects Man, Judy Driscoll and the Brian Auger Trinity, Eric von Stroheim, Noah and Nelly, Mabel Syrup, Mongo Parks, Hot Jalopy, the Stapling Machine Singers, the Fragrant Forefathers, Lions Made Revolt, John, we're running out of time. Where's my chin? Brian Walden in New Malden, Costa Coffee Cretin, the Thwarted Postman, Sliced Fingertip, the Toasted Tea Cake Triumvirate, Chicken Germs, Una and the Utensils, My Legs Gone Bad, False Teeth Freakout, Gibbon Overlord, Cucumber Constabulary, Rancid Weetabix, Stoat in Transit, G 
Gitts, Custer's last Rolo, Penelope Pitstop's preliminary court hearing, Nancaro's not normal. John, please. Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mary, Mongo, Emerson, Lake, Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, Howe, Wire, Mid, Bonson, Burner, Breakdown, The End of Show, Hooter. <laughs>